we cannot see the whole scope of what God has done from the beginning to the end. We cannot grasp it because we have this human dimension. You see, to see, we must believe. To see, we must believe. To see, we must believe the whole scope of God. Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Centers or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Now with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. In our message, got a long way to go and a short time to get there. Let me get you into it real quick. Part three of our Believing is Seeing series. How many have enjoyed this series so far? Let me get right on the screen. Did you ever notice that we sometimes get so lost in what lay behind us that we fail to see what lay right before us? We get so caught up in what has or hasn't been, what did or didn't work, that we fail to see what God is doing right in front of our very eyes. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Lamentations, one of my favorite passages uh, or uh, books in the Bible. You say, Pastor, that's, that's from Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. This guy has some great insight, some great wisdom. And in Lamentations 3, he was, he was talking about the maladies of life and the difficulties. And, and all of a sudden, he comes to the Lord and he says, God, your faithful love is never ending. Your mercies never cease. And your faithfulness is grow so great. Every morning, they are brand new. And because of this, this is not in your notes, folks, so don't look around for it. Just write it down. Lamentations 3, 22, 23, and 24. He said, Lord, because you are my my inheritance, I put my hope in you. I don't put my hope in man. I don't put my hope in situations. I put my hope in you. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 says these words. God made everything beautiful in its own time. And I've talked about this many times, but I want you to see why we are so disenchanted with the world and so unfulfilled. And the fact that we never, ever are satisfied is because of this passage right here. Underline it in your notes and highlight it in your Bible. Because God placed 
eternity in the human heart. That's why no matter what, you go out and try to buy things to get happiness. You try to get into a relationship to make you happy. You try, you're, I'm a guitar player, so I go buy a new guitar thing that's going to make me happy. If Steve Bergeron was here, he'd say, yes. We go try to do this, that, and the other thing to bring, but it's never going to happen. Why? Because God planted eternity in our hearts. That's the only thing that's going to bring us happiness when we are with the Lord face to face. But here's where the struggle begins. Look at the next verse or the next line. Even so, say that with me. Even so, we cannot see the whole scope of what God has done from the beginning to the end. We cannot grasp it because we have this human dimension. You see, to see, we must believe. To see, we must believe. To see, we must believe the whole scope of God. You say, well, pastor, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say that everything is not as it seems. Just because it's black and white right in front of you does not mean it pertains to you. Just because somebody did you wrong does not mean you should not do right. Well, that's what they did. They they deserve, folks, we all deserve something, but aren't you glad that Jesus decided to pay for it? So listen to me this morning, if you would. The scriptures say very clearly, he will finish what he started. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, that he is the author and the finisher of our faith. It tells us over in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, that without faith, we cannot even please God. But those that come to him have to first believe that he exists and that he rewards those, listen to this, that diligently seek him. There is a contingency clause written in everything that God will do in your life and in mine. And that contingency clause is it has to be for his glory. Are you with me? Another passage of scripture is not in your notes. Folks, I, I, work on, I work on my notes all the way to the moment I preach them. And so there's sometimes you'll have scripture not in your notes, but I'll tell you about it because I want you to write it down because I want you to add it and go look for it. Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2. It's not in your notes, so write it down. And look what it says. I'm going to read out of the, the New Living Bible. It says, every young man or woman who listens to me (coughs) and obeys my instructions will be given wisdom and good sense. You ever been around folks that just didn't seem to have any common sense? Don't get nervous. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about somebody else. Do you ever get around somebody who just wondered where in the world did this person come from? One of the main reasons that we're finding common sense and good reason far and far and further and further away 
is because people are pulling further and further from God. God says, if you seek me, if you obey me, I will give you wisdom and good sense. Yes, if you want better insight, better discernment, you're searching for them as for lost money or hidden treasure. Look what it says. Then wisdom will be given to you and knowledge of God himself. And you will soon learn the importance of the fear of God or reverence or awe in realizing God is the only one we can trust. Let me say this. No, you cannot completely trust the pastor because I'm human. But you can trust God. I can't tell you how many times over the years Somebody said, a pastor, I like you. You're a great guy, but don't you mess up. I want to share a story about a man that almost missed God. It's, it's staggered throughout your notes. and For the next few moments, I want to share with you and help you possibly to understand how easy it is for us to miss God just because everything is not as it seems. There was a large stone cathedral in England. Had a magnificent pipe organ. It was actually in Scotland. And one Saturday, the sexton was making his rounds and, and checking things out in the choir loft, the organ loft, and the balcony, and the back of the church. And he was startled when he started hearing footsteps because he was supposed to be alone in the building. The whole building was locked. So he thought he was supposed to be alone. He turned and he saw this elder man in slightly tattered clothing because he'd been traveling. And the man spoke up and said, excuse me, I've come a quite distance to see the great organ in this cathedral. Would you mind opening the console that I might take a closer look? Now, how many know that guy, that sexton, felt totally out of his element? He's supposed to be the only person there, and all of a sudden, a perfect stranger shows up and says, you know, something is about to happen. All is not as it seems. Let me stop you and ask you the question, how many of you would have said, no, get out of here, place is locked, story ended? Maybe some of you have. Maybe there was something in your life that was taking a turn and because you didn't fully understand it, you put the kibosh on it and you stopped it. Think about the sexton. He said, nobody's supposed to touch the organ. There's one person allowed to touch the organ. Maybe God wanted to use somebody to speak into your life, but it wasn't the person you thought it should be and so you just shut it down. See, God can use anybody. God can use anything, but we will miss it if we don't realize that what lies behind us and what lies before us is the critical to the work God's doing inside of us. Sometimes we fail to hear what God wants because it doesn't quite match up to what we want or what we think. This is not in your notes, but write it down, Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. Look what the scripture says. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. I'm going to shock some people here right now. God doesn't think like you. Look at somebody and say, oh, thank God. My ways far beyond anything you could even 
imagine, the scripture says. For just as the heavens are high above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Ladies and gentlemen, God has never ever one time asked me permission on how he deals with issues of my life. He just does it. And I sometimes have learned in hindsight that I didn't have great insight because I have very blurry foresight. I've told people for years, man, if I had the insight of my hindsight, I would have incredible foresight. But the truth is today, I don't. So I have to go back and do what the scripture says and learn to trust that God is doing everything for the good of my life and yours. Can you say amen? You see, it's amazing. It is amazing that not a single person thought that Jesus' life would end the way it ended. They all thought he was going to come as a ruling, conquering king to to wipe out Rome and to get rid of everything, just like that. They didn't know he was coming as a humble servant. The Bible says even the devil himself, it tells us that if the Lord of this world would have known, he would have never crucified the Lord of glory. The reality is Jesus came and did something that nobody expected that it would happen this way. You see, our issue is many times that we do not believe God would allow such a thing to happen. How many have had something happen in your life? Oh, I couldn't, God, couldn't possibly be God. Anybody besides me? And then in hindsight, you looked at it and said, oh, God was all over that. God was all over that. And because we don't believe it could be God, we don't see it as being God. Let's go back to the custodian for a moment. Sexton is just another word for custodian. The sexton, the custodian, at first refused, but the stranger was so eager and insistent that he finally gave in. And then, as was expected, the stranger said, may I sit on the bench? And immediately the the sexton said, absolutely not. What if the organist come in and found you there? I would probably lose my job. But again, the old stranger was so persistent that he gave in. But he said, only for a moment, just for a moment. The sexton noticed the older gentleman as he slid onto the bench. And he looks right at home. I wonder if there's something happening here. Could you imagine the guy's mind? What is this? Who is this guy? Where did he come from? The building's locked. How did he get in here? Well, the building wasn't fully locked, so I don't want you to give thought that it's an apparition or a ghost or anything like that. He looked so comfortable and so at home that as soon as he found his place, the sexton wasn't surprised when the stranger asked if he was allowed to play. Now, listen to me. This is where the struggle really starts for you and I. When God starts doing something in your life, 
And then he starts challenging you to change. Saying this isn't going to work anymore. I want to do something new. I want to stretch you a little bit. The sexton is watching this guy. And all of a sudden, fear started gripping him. Let me talk to the church for just a second. God builds our life his way. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His his ways are higher than anything we could ever imagine. And there are times that your life and my life we would get involved into something that, that seemed like it might be God, but then we pull back because it wasn't the way it's always been. The Holy Spirit keeps prodding us and saying, it's okay, I'm in this, I'm in this. So we don't, we don't fully shut it down, but yet we don't reach out and just let God go ahead. Here's my life, it's yours. You see, we have to trust God. If we're going to see what God wants to do for our lives, we have to believe that God is fully in control and we are not. See, here is the issue at hand. We're very selfish. Look at somebody and said, I thought he wasn't going to talk about me today. We are very selfish. We want things our way. We want things to go the way we want things to go. And because of that, our prayers are motivated with selfishness. Don't look at me like that. You know I'm talking to you and I'm talking to me. Yes, we can't expect God to do things as he promised in his word, yet understand everything that God has promised is based on you and I yielding our lives to and before him. You're behind me in the screens, guys. James chapter 4, look at what it says here. James chapter 4, what is causing fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your evil desires and that, that war within you? You want what you don't have, and then you scheme and kill to get it. You're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and you wage war with them just to try to take it away. You yet... You don't have what you want. Look what it says here. Because you don't ask God. Well, pastor, I have asked God. Look at the next line. And even when you do ask, you don't get it because your motives are wrong. We only ask for what will please us. What's a wrong motive look like? Well, I kind of outlined one here. There's a woman that wanted her husband saved. She said, I've been praying long and hard for the conversion of my husband, but my husband's conversion is so far off, it'd be a miracle for it to happen. And all of a sudden, the Lord spoke to her and interrupted her prayer. Why do you want your husband converted? Listen to this. Why do you want your husband converted? And she responded, oh, Lord, it would be so nice. How different the house would be. And then the Lord rebuked her. So you want her saved or want him saved for you, not for me. You want him saved because it would change your life, not his. 
You want him saved because of what you would. Do you see the picture of how selfish motives work? Why is it we don't see what we believe? It's because we really don't believe. We look in internally instead of externally of what God wants. You see, the Lord continued and said, you're forgetting the good of your husband and the glory of God. You appear to be thinking mainly of yourself, the Lord responded. You would rather pray for the conversion of the husband simply for you than rather for the fact that your husband needs a savior. And sadly, that's why most of us don't see what we've believed. That's why the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians, examine ourselves to see if we're even in the faith. Look and see where we're standing in Christ. Sadly, most of us only want God's will and God's plan our way. When it fits into our will and our plan. You know, the Bible tells us all things are possible if we just believe. Peter was challenged. Get out of the boat. Peter never saw anybody walk on the water before. Peter never walked on the water before. But God said, do you want to see it? Do you believe it's me? Get out of the boat. David, God said, you want to see the mountaintop of victory? You got to walk through the valley of despair. Yes, Moses, the people are grumbling. The people are doing that. But come up to the mountaintop with me, Moses. I got to get you to see what you've never seen. So you're about to do what you've never done. Abraham, go to a place you've never gone. That I could make you the father of many nations. Over and over and over in the scripture, God is trying to teach us how to believe, how to receive, how to see. The elder man said, can I play the organ? The custodian said, definitely not. You cannot play the organ. This is not the way it's supposed to be. The man's face fell and he was deeply disappointed. But he reminded the Sexton about how far he had traveled and the, the struggles that he'd gone to get there. And finally, once again, because the man was so persistent, the section relented and allowed the stranger to play the instrument. But he said, only with a few notes. That's all you can do. I don't know who you are. I don't know if this is God, the sexton said. But go ahead, just a little bit. The man began to play. I'm reminded this morning of how far God will go to get his people to fulfill his will. His plan is destiny. He left heaven and came to earth. And I've learned that in life, though I don't understand how all things work, I can be confident and trust the one that is working all things. If I'm going through something, I trust God so much that I know God's in it. I just got to try to figure out what's my part of it. And if we can come to that place, I believe we'll begin to see more of what we believed.
All we are and all we do is part of God's plan. All of creation is his to do as he wills. That's what the scripture teaches us. That's why it's called his story. In 1 Corinthians 13, the Bible says we see imperfectly now. We see partially now. But everything will be clear when we see him. Well, the sexton, as the worship team comes, relented and let the man play. And all of a sudden, it was like the entire place was thrust heavenward. The most beautiful music he had ever heard was coming across the bench of that organ. And also suddenly, it ended as quickly as it started. And the man slipped off the bench down the stairs and started out the door. The sexton yelled out, wait! That is the most beautiful music I've ever heard in this cathedral. Who are you? And this, the elder man turned around and says, my name is Felix Mendelssohn, the greatest organist and composer that up in the 19th century ever lived. And he walked out the door. The man began to think, what if I would have kept this from happening? Because it didn't seem right. It didn't look like the way it should be. I'm a Christian. Things aren't supposed to go this way. And all of a sudden I start building walls and shutting doors and escaping and running and and throwing in the towel. The sexton said, what if I hadn't listened? I possibly would have stopped the master from playing music in this cathedral. There are people in this room that you are that close to seeing what you believed. But because you're weary, because you're tired, because you're frustrated, because you're agitated, because the world is just continually falling in on you, you want to say, I'm done. And God just says, you're that close. Don't be weary in doing what's right. In due season. You know the longest space I've ever found in the Bible is that term due season. You know why it's the longest place? Because it's right there, the only time that you fully trust God. That's where you fully trust God. Now I know this isn't popular preaching. Why? Man, I was supposed to come to church and, and, and this and that and the other thing and the programs and the, the, the uh, 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 schedules and the stuff is supposed to. No. God says you're supposed to come to church to grow. That's why you come to church. It's not about what the church can do for you. It's what you can do for the church. See, this is what God's Word teaches. The problem is, is we've got hundreds of churches, probably right here in Flagstaff, they're so worried about giving what we want that they don't give what we need. And that is to grow. You see, until I get to that place that I realize in due season, that's when I've put my life right in God's hands. 
right in God's hand. Say, God, hey, it's yours. It's yours. I remember, you know, when I first got saved, I had people ask me, well, but Pastor, you're giving up your career, your, your career in music and, and this, and, you know, you, you give it up. I, folks, you know what I told them? I didn't give up anything. It wasn't mine. I just gave it back to the one who gave it to me. That's all I did. What are you giving up? When it comes to time, Pastor Philemon's up here receiving the Sunday morning tithe and offering. What are you giving up? 20 bucks? Five bucks? Well, I'm going to irritate some folks right now. As you know, most of the church doesn't even tithe. Our church does really well, but even our church doesn't. There's people here. 20 bucks a week, 50 bucks a week. I've done it. That's not even a tithe. You see, we think it belongs to us, and God says, no, it all belongs to me. And we don't see what God has promised that we could have if we believe. Why? Because we don't give it all to him his way. Don't worry, I'm not going to talk about money. I'm just sharing some thoughts with you. Our life is not our own. We have been bought with a price. James goes on in another place, said, you know, why tell the Lord that if I will, if I want, I'll go here, I'll go there, I'll do business, I'll do. Why don't we rather say, if God wills, I will go here, there, do business, whatever. Ladies and gentlemen, why don't we see what we say we believe? Because most of the time we really don't believe it. Well, how do I know I believe it? Your life lives it that's how you know you believe it when it comes time for the tithe I don't sit back and think what I can keep from God God maybe I've made a mistake there's got to be more I can give you maybe I miscalculated When it comes time to serving in the ministry and giving yourself to the ministry. Oh, Pastor, you don't understand. I, I do this, that, and the other thing, and I gotta have time for myself. Aren't you glad Jesus didn't say that? Father, I don't want to go to the cross right now because I need some me time. Ooh. You see, too many times we try to make it about me. If the God of all heaven and earth is moving in his sovereignty, though we do not pretend to understand all things, if my life is yielded to his hand, should I not follow his lead? Colossians tells us that our life is raised in Christ. Why don't we set our sights in the heavenly places. Set our sights in the heavenly places. God is great. God is good. 
Another scripture I want you to write down in your notes that's not in your pages is Proverbs 16, 9. It says, you can make all the plans you want, but it's God that determines your steps. See, we can make all the plans we want, but ultimately God says, we will give an account for those plans. We want God's plan. Let's let him determine our steps. Let's let him. Let's let him. Does that make any sense this morning at all? How great is our God. Sing with me how before we sing again look at me look at me do you want to see what you believe are you ready are you ready let's start putting God first pastor that means I have to get involved you think It's not your life. It's not my life. Folks, I want everything God has for me. And the only way I can do that is I got to give him all that I have. I do. You do. I don't have to try to fit God into my schedule. God is my schedule. God is my schedule. My friend, Vince Summers. I want to talk to the older folks for a second. Too busy, too tired. He was content. He wasn't going to church much. I don't think he was going to church at all. God gives me all those little radio spots. How many have heard us on the radio? I've had people come to church. Man, you sound great on the radio. I walk away saying, well, I hope you like the sermon. I can only do so much in 60 seconds, but I can do a lot in 30 minutes. Vince is just going through life. I'm doing fine. Me and Jesus got our own thing going. And all of a sudden, I talked about people that were pretty old that started all over. You know how old Colonel Sanders was when he started Kentucky Fried Chicken? 78 years old. I can go on and on and on. And then I made this statement. Folks, we don't need you to retire. We need you to re-enlist. The young generation, can I hit t- Oh, I'm a medal for just a second. Oh, can I tell you the problem with the church? I love the young folks, but we better stop focusing just on the young folks, and we need to focus on all folks. 
because our young generation is growing up without the older generation who the Bible says needs to be teaching the younger generation because the stinking church wants to focus only on the younger generation and not bring the older folks in. You say, well, they're not trying to keep it out. Sure they are. They place 120 decibels for music. Did you know the average church in America? That's what they say, set the music at 120 decibels. Ours this morning is barely about 75 or 80. And I have, I guarantee I'll get emails afterwards. Pastor, it was too loud. Folks, we don't need you to retire. We need you desperately to re-enlist, to speak into our lives. Younger people, listen to me. It ain't about you. That is the biggest lie Satan has got this generation to believe. And that's what the millennials are all about. It's me. And because it's about them, pretty soon there's not going to be anything left because nothing in life is free I want to see what I believed but I can only do that if I get my eyes off of me and get them on Christ are you okay out there I'm Pastor Tim and I'm a heck of a nice guy but I will preach the truth Are you okay? So let's sing that, would you? How great. Stand to your feet. Is Is our God. God. Sing with me. change my mind and say, God, I need to fit into your plans. That's the life that has to happen if you want to see what you believed. Well, what if I don't, Pastor? Life will go on as it is. Just what it is. Oh, you'll still have blessing. You'll still have provision. You'll still have stuff. But you will not have what God wants. Why? Because it only happens when He becomes first. Only when he becomes first. You okay with that? Why don't you raise your hand? Father, I pray for your people. For myself, 
our families. Help us. Help us to believe. What we say we really believe is really real. And God, we know we're doing that. When the next time a decision comes our way, we don't just make the decision. We say, God, where are you in this? Because, God, we don't need you part of our plans. We've got to become part of yours. Help us all to know this. Help us to grow in this. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. I'm Joe Harding. For Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Centers, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.